listening to Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Available on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Sort of living with ADHD and CPTSD. So today we have a CPTSD episode, and it's going to be a pretty frank episode, blunt and straight up front. People who enter a relationship don't want to be in a relationship that has abuse and violence, whether it's emotional or physical abuse. Nobody wants to have that. When I got into my relationship back in the beginning of 2019, I never pictured myself being a victim of domestic violence and domestic abuse. I thought that I had found the perfect person for me. And as it turns out, three and a half years later, that is not the case. So today, I'm going to discuss how being in a domestic abusive relationship really amplified and brought awareness to myself about my trauma, my CPTSD, And just how hard it was to recognize the signs that I was involved in one. Now, here's the thing. I didn't realize that I had CPTSD before my relationship started. I was someone who had dealt with anxiety and a fear of dying because of something that had occurred a number of years before my relationship. But my CPTSD was something more of a hidden, you know, a hidden reality that I didn't know of or I wasn't aware of until this relationship. And it's, I'm not saying that It doesn't exist, of course, because that's not true. I have dealt with a lot of abuse, uh, bullying, emotional abuse, some physical abuse, but nothing of any large degree that would consider it to be like consistent all the time. A lot of my CPTSD falls in line with things like social situations, relationships, um, being antisocial, not having a lot of experience when it comes to, you know, dating and being with a partner for any kind of a length of period of time, and just not knowing 
what to do and having a lot of fears when it comes to interacting with women and even just friendship, like not necessarily in a relationship romantic type, you know, like it's just, I didn't have any kind of a grasp on it until this relationship. And the thing that I wish I had known this a long time ago, because if I had, I likely would have been more willing to end this relationship back then than to the point that it got just recently. And the, here's the bottom line. I have come to an understanding and I have accepted that in all of my past relationships, I have been a major fawn when it comes to the four F's for my trauma is, you know, I have discussed it many times. The four F's are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And I am the type that when it comes to a relationship, I am afraid to stand up for myself and I do whatever it takes to make them happy. So that means, you know, giving up my own happiness and not meeting my own needs in order to make sure that their needs are met and that they're happy. And basically like doing whatever it takes to avoid anger or displeasure from your partner. And there was a lot of times where, and it, and it, it became evident again later on in this relationship and it was slowly starting to fade as I was becoming less and less willing to put up with what was happening that I refused to face the reality that this was a doomed relationship because I was thinking in my mind like I had in my past two relationships that this was never going to be any better. Like I wouldn't find anyone that would be better than who I am with now. So I should just put up with it, do my best to fix my problems, and hopefully it'll work out. Well, as we all know now, it didn't work out. And I've come to know that in order for me to be able to have a successful relationship in its truest form and to have any chance at being long-term and happy and successful that I need to stop acting that way and stop behaving in such a way that I am foregoing my needs and avoiding things like disagreements and having arguments a healthy argument rather than, you know, giving in and, and just doing whatever in, in order to make the other person happy and to avoid things like them getting angry. So there's a lot of stuff that has come to play in this situation in the last month and a half. And I've learned a number of things that I didn't know, even in December, I didn't even know. 
And the thing is, is back months ago when I was, you know, I and I still am, keep in mind, but when I was going to my therapist and discussing what was happening, like all the like the the negative bad things and the and the the yelling and the fighting and the and the stuff like being put down and made to feel small and and manipulative kind of behavior i would discuss this with my therapist and even with like friends and my friends more so were saying that this isn't good you know like they were, they, it's like they were trying to hint to me that this is a dead situation that I should get out. Um, it's, it's not going to go anywhere positive and it's only going to get worse. And then my therapist kept trying to show me that this is not a healthy situation and that we need to do like couples therapy. I need to stand up for my needs more. I need to, there's all these things that I need to do for myself to improve my situation. And when I would, you know, like hesitantly discuss this with her, the same thing always came up where she would kind of use this persuasive argument that we were in a unique situation that no one's going to understand. Your friends aren't going to understand. Your therapist won't understand because it's unique that it's, it's in such a odd situation, odd relationship that they're not going to understand. And she was using this and twisting it in such a way that it would basically like convince me that she's right, that they're never going to understand and it was like it it's like she was trying to and successfully getting me to not believe them but instead see it from her point of view as if it was like her attempt to get me to not escalate further or not to you know take it farther than what is has how far it's already gone and i didn't even know this i didn't it never occurred to me at that time that this was what was happening that i was being manipulated in a way so that instead of me you know escalating and and everybody knowing and learning about it and me taking it further that it was like and i actually did do this it's like i would def be defensive and defend her saying, you know, despite all that's happening and, and, but, you know, there's a point to it and she, she is making a valid point. She is right. You know, like I was, it's like I was downplaying the severity of the abuse and, and making her look like she is innocent when, as a matter of fact, it's the furthest from the truth. Truth. She is not by any means innocent in this manner. And the only reason that I kept seeing it is it was, and it, it was just from my own time away, right? Like noticing all the little things that were happening that it took me not being involved with her 
for a length of time that I was able to finally start to wake up and start to see reality and what was actually happening. And it's, it's unfortunate that it took that kind of a situation to occur in order for me to be able to see the truth. And there were a few situations or a few occurrences, or uh, excuse me, for a few instances that have recently occurred that really woke me up and showed me that, hey, you know, this is never going to be a good thing. You know, you're, this will never succeed. You're never going to get anywhere. One, it was hanging out with a friend of mine, a real good friend of mine. And the connection that the two of us had and the compassion and the, you know, it, it, it felt like two people really enjoying each other's company and having really good, fun, deep discussions about everything, you know, and, and it feeling good and feeling encouraging and, and caring. And I was craving this so much that it created like a false sensation of like falling and lust and, and this love for some, someone that it wasn't really that it was just the, it was just wanting more of what is ideal what is for what I crave. And that is somebody who's caring and understanding and is willing to, you know, be patient and see reality for what it is and be caring and empathetic towards my situation. But at the same time, not being a doormat, right? Like not, not allowing me to, to use it as an excuse. Like I have to, I had to admit to myself that I had made mistakes. Yes, it's true. I, you know, like I am far from perfect when it comes to dealing with adult situations and allowing my child parts to take over. I'm getting better. I've had a lot of instances recently where it, you know, they're not having the opportunity to take over. The adult is being in control and is doing the right thing and is being brave and strong and proving to these child parts that he can be an adult. So there's that. But learning that I was being emotionally abused and even a number of times physically assaulted because someone wasn't able to control their own emotions and their own anger and temper and then would twist it in a way that would turn it on to me and make me feel as though I'm the one who's at fault rather than them owning up to the fact that they have an anger issue and that they shouldn't be touching someone and physically attempting to, you know, attempting to physically hurt them when they get angry. And considering I've never once received an apology for any of it, and it has been turned in a evil, twisted way to make me look like the, the bad person, 
there was never, and I didn't see it, there was never going to be any situation really where it was going to get better. And it felt like no matter what I did or what I tried, it was always never good enough. And it, and I was always treated like I was the bad person. And every time I told people about what would happen, it was just the the shock and the dismay and for some some of them the vulgarity that would come from them after learning about it it was like shocking to them that i had put up with it for such a long time so okay so i'm going to move on from that now the main point of all this is her actions and her behavior and the way she manipulated me throughout most of this relationship really escalated and and it truly made my CPTSD worse because before it, a lot of it was just fear and anxiety, you know, because I felt like I didn't have a lot of experience when it comes to meaningful relationships. And there were a lot of things that I didn't know what to do. You know, I was learning. It had been eight years since I had been in a relationship previously to this one. And then because of the way that this relationship progressed over the next three years and some, it got to the point where I was just scared out of, you know, I, I was too afraid to do anything. I couldn't confront. I couldn't say anything that made sense. There was no logic coming out of my mind. I was being, I don't know if it was fairly or unfairly diagnosed, but I was being treated as if I had, or I was uh, autistic, um, I know that I do have ADHD. That's never going to be doubted or taken away or disproved. But it, this whole CPTSD, this trauma and anxiety and the fear that I was facing and dealing with, it felt like it was making my ADHD a lot worse. And it was, it was making everything so much stronger and more powerful in such a negative way it's like she brought it all out and set me back years like i i honestly i'm not sure today how long it's going to be before i'm going to be ready to to really be involved in any kind of relationship like I may be able to have a casual friendship or something that's not very serious, maybe learn a few things and, and gain some trust again for people, you know, like for someone who's who I'm, I'm interested in, because there's a lot of doubt and, and fear. And I'm having a hard time trusting anyone. Well, certain people I do trust, Right. But there's a lot of like a lot of doubting on my own behalf and feeling worried or nervous that I can't do anything or I can't try to 
you know, like move forward with anybody because I'm afraid that it's like I'm going to have a repeat of what I've just gone through. Like this relationship, I'll, I'll be honest with you, this relationship was hell. I was so afraid and so beaten down and I believed for such a long time and to some degree I still do I believe that I was never going to find anybody else she was she was telling me I don't know how many times she felt like she was making me feel bad and making me believe that nobody would ever put up with what I've done like she has and she would you know saying things like I've I've put up with this way more than I should. I've given you so many chances and and no one else would ever give you these many chances. You're never going to be able to be with anybody unless you're with someone who's damaged too like yourself. You know, like it it was I was manipulated and beaten down and abused to the point where I started to actually feel like like this was true, which is why I never really ended the relationship because I felt like what she said was true, that there wouldn't be anybody out there who I would be good enough for. You know, they would, they would notice the cracks in me in moments and I would never get anywhere. Nothing would ever work because they would see right through me and that all my, all my issues and all my problems would, would come pouring out and they'd see everything and it would be done just as fast as it started. And so I have to rebuild. Like I have to, it's like I have to start from scratch. I have to retrain myself to feel confident in my abilities that I am worth someone's time and effort and that I am lovable and put aside and stop believing that my disability, well, my ADHD, and that my fear of failure and, and fear that I'm not good enough and I don't know what I'm doing is going to prevent me from making any true connection with anyone as she would put it, a lot of surfacey type connections. No real meaningful ones, nothing deep, nothing serious. And yeah, it is hard. I've been trying. Um, there are a couple people out there that I've be I have been friends with for a long time and I have been putting a lot of effort into trying to have a more meaningful friendship and deeper connection, you know, break free from the surfacey connection that I apparently have. And it's, it's fun, you know, it's, it's really challenging sometimes because you can't really ask them, Hey, teach me, show me, um, Let's, let's practice, right? Like you, 
I don't know too many people out there who are going to sit there and practice with you situations in relationships or friendships to make you better or make you more capable of of being a sincere, true, honest friend or boyfriend or whatever. You know, like, I can't imagine that that's a thing. <laughs> and so I've got a... I got a lot of challenges ahead of me. Not only do I have to get over this fear that I'm not good enough, I also have to, well, I have to gain the trust of my parts. I have to find a way to overcome my trauma, to learn from what has happened in the past three and a half years because unless I can find a way past it and heal it's there's a good chance that I'm just gonna you know fall down the same same trap door you know like they say that people who have CPTSD they often connect and cling to people that they're familiar with you know you if you were raised by a narcissistic family or parents or somebody who was a narcissist over many years there's a good chance that you're going to become attracted to and be in a relationship with someone who is a narcissist or abusive and you repeat the pattern again and again because it's it's ironic. It's what you're familiar with and what you feel comfortable in, despite it being the exact opposite of what you need. And just maintaining that abusive set that you live in, you know, since you were basically born. And I need to, I have to avoid that. I cannot allow myself to get into that again and quite frankly it means learning how to make some tough choices and not be afraid to do it and not be so afraid of making those tough choices and actually performing them that you run away in fear and that you just allow yourself to be abused and manipulated and treated like crap uh, until I I learned to have more guts and more strength and courage when it comes to facing up to the to the evil and the bad of of what's out there I'm I'm just bound to keep repeating myself and and never getting into something better you know it's it's a reality that I have to face and that I have to deal with. It's never been... I, I don't know if I've ever been able to stand up to someone when it's been a conflict or a difficult situation. I often run or I just keep quiet and put up with it and it has 
brought a lot of negative experiences in my life right from childhood into teenage years basically in school and dealing with the bullies and and constantly being made fun of and and emotionally manipulated and you know i i was never i never allowed myself to be physically abused in school but I was definitely emotionally and mentally manipulated. It was so much that it's it had scarred me for my adult life. And of course, despite all the effort against it, I fell into the same trap in my three relationships. And it really sucks because I just want to be happy, you know. I want to I want to be with someone who's understanding and loves me for who I am and doesn't want to change me and is understanding, you know, like I'm, I am who I am. I am far from perfect. I've got a lot of unfortunate baggage that I carry with me and I'm trying my hardest to find a new path you know, a better, a better path for me because eventually you're either going to change and grow and become a better person from it all, or you're just going to fall into a never ending spiral and it'll be too late. You won't be able to get out of it. And I don't even want to begin to think about the possibilities of of that that path it's too scary and it's too it's just too negative and too awful for me just to to sit there and wonder the only person who can fix this is myself i have to fix me i have to go through the work i have to evaluate my life and the choices I've made and have more moments of epiphanies and and get a better grasp as to what I've been through and not only that as to why it's happened and what it is that's getting in the way you know that is letting this to continue relationship after relationship. I don't know. I'm it's it's interesting. I'm in a good place now. It's not perfect yet. Uh I do have some really good news. Uh I have found a place to move to. It's a night, a really nice, lovely condo uh, in downtown Edmonton, and I have 18 days until I move in. And I've done a lot of prep work, a lot of searching, and I've done a lot of behind-the-scenes work to make sure that everything falls into place, and that there aren't going to be any surprises or problems come up that are going to prevent me from getting out of here and starting over, you know, starting fresh, 
trying to put the memories and the trauma and the and the negative exposure that I've been a part of for such a long time all behind me and move forward. It's going to be an interesting challenge, but I look forward to the good and the bad of it. And I realize that it's going to take some effort on my behalf. So, yeah, being in a relationship with someone who's mentally and physically abusive, all that did is just make my CPTSD a hell of a lot worse than what it was before. And now I have to regroup and find a new way to greener pastures to see the light at the end of the tunnel and then be able to permanently close the door behind me and never look back. It's going to be some work, but I know I can do it. And there you have it. Another episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. I hope this was a great episode and helpful for all of you out there listening. If you find that this kind of episode is really informative and helpful for you, then please give me a shout. Let me know uh, what you feel and how you're thinking about this. Uh, You can get in touch with me either via email. um, The email address is livingwithadhdandcptsd at gmail.com. If you want to contact me on Twitter, by all means, my Twitter handle is at ADHD and CPTSD. You can also get a hold of me at Mastodon. Um, that is a relatively new social site, kind of like Twitter. Um, you can also go to my website, www.livingwithadhdandcptsd.ca. If you would like to help me out, uh, whether it's donation or even becoming a member, you can go to my Patreon page. Uh, just look for Living with ADHD and CPTSD. You can go to Kofi.com, that's ko-fi.com, and you can donate there any amount you feel is acceptable it doesn't really matter and you could also become a subscriber to apple podcasts and it's a small monthly fee you can pay to get access to episodes like this early and you know other episodes that aren't available to the public all right everyone that is this episode i hope you have a great day and i shall talk to you later bye everyone (laughs) 